That is cool. That's cool. Yeah. Right on. Oh, that was an interesting choice. Sorry my hands aren't zebra colored. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Should I leave? Yeah. Should we go? Maybe we can. Maybe we can put some sort of like quiz up on up on the, our website that just says "Should we go?" Oh, you got blood on your pants. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you've become a young lady, Tony. <laughs> cool. We're good. All right. Right on. All right. And and you don't have to supervise if you don't want to, Mikey. If you've got stuff to do, because yeah, we're, we're probably going to be in here chatterboxing for like an hour. Oh, oh man, those he dropped the headphones. He can't hear us anymore either. That's like the opposite of dropping the mic. It's not the opposite. Picking That's up, like picking. <laughs> these are actually really expensive. No, these. <laughs> gotta make sure they're okay. Oh, see, you brought you broke your headphones, acting like an oh. asshole. Tr- oh. Mike broke the headphones. I've seen people drop the mic, but I've never seen anybody drop the headphones. Hey, welcome to the motherfucking podcast, episode number 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is episode number 14 of the motherfucking yeah. podcast. Uh, I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. Cool. And we're... Uh, we're, we're on video this time. We are on video, and we're, uh, we're actually recording in an almost proper studio. I would say it's definitely a proper studio. By that I mean it's like got soundproofing on the walls. Like it's got the two colors of soundproofing on the walls. Oh, no echo. Listen to that. And there's no bands practicing in the other rooms. No. And uh, we don't hear Laura and Sarah talking in the other rooms. We're not at your place. Where are we, Tony? Uh, We're at Nug Nation Studios, aren't we? We are at Nug Nation Studios. Nug Nug Nation Studios. I think all the little nuggets and the the props over there just as a dead giveaway. And the green backdrop, really. Well, the people people listening to this, they can't see that. And the Nug Nation sticker. And and the fact that Mikey's here. Even if they could see on the camera, like even if we release the video of this, all they're going to see is this green background. This green, foamy... I've, I've seen a video of, uh, of this on Nug Nation before. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the rapper's chair, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're sitting where the Afro Man once sat. Hmm. You're sitting where the Afro Man uh, actually snubbed my Colt 45 and two zigzags that I tried to give him as a gift. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, man, I got my own brand of, of rolling papers, and I got my new beer, Cold Fro T5, and it's like... Just take your fucking present, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. Well, we went and got you Popeye's chicken and apples, man. That's what he asked for, though, isn't it? It is what he asked for, but we did it to be nice. I got Santiago's burrito, but I, I had to buy it and bring it here. Yeah, I think you may have chosen better. I had boozy French toast with uh, sriracha agave bacon and one egg. All right. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to breakfast talk. 
<laughs> We're going to talk about breakfast. Hey, what are you having for breakfast today? Write into the show and tell us. If it's something that we've never had before, we might invite you on the show to feature your breakfast recipe. No, we're not going to no, do that. No, we're not going to do that. It's not even a kitchen. No. No, yeah, we're here at Nug Nation Studios. Uh, uh, it is where... red here, though, by the way. So, oh, it is really cool. You finally got to take a tour yeah, of the studio. Yeah, Mikey showed me around, and uh, that's how I got to see the Oval Office that's over there. The, yeah, uh, the, the little miniature proper, Oval the Office. De- the desert, desert uh, scene that's over there. Do you know and where all, we... All the little characters, he showed me that. Do which you... I didn't know that they were made out of real weed. Yeah. Like, like, I, I thought it might have been, but it wasn't, you know... I didn't really care that much. And then he opened the door. He's like, these are all the characters. Like, oh. Yeah, we keep all all the characters in a humidor so that they don't get all crusty and flake up and fall apart. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, though, because I I thought about it before, but it's passing thought. And then when um, uh, Jamie Jamie is uh, who also did the animation for for our comic. Yeah, and he's uh, going to be doing the animation part of our uh, of our new video. Actually, after we're done taping the podcast, we've got a ma- meeting with he and uh, he and Idolo uh, to discuss um, to discuss a production schedule for the new video for Chapter Two of the Front Lines of Good Times. It is swanky in here, though. It really is swanky. In it's here. nice. It gets a little hot after a while. That's why they have the fan fixture. Oh, right. So, and we can get that that like that rhythmic rhythmic. Repetitious, like ding, 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 of the chain bumping on the light fixture. Well, hell, man, that's just not balanced properly. You know what I'm saying? You just got to go up there and tighten a few screws up. So, um, so yeah, we're here at the Nug Nation Studios <laughs> recording the podcast this time, trying this out. This may become a regular thing. We shall see. Uh, we skipped a week because, Tony, you yeah. were in Chicago. Tell me about your trip to Chicago. Uh, it was... It was... Bittersweet, yeah. A lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of deaths going around, you know, and uh, yeah, a lot of people close to me had just passed away. Laura's grandmother, um, our really good buddy Allison, her dad had just passed, and then uh, right before we left Tommy Tuesday, a guy I was jamming with maybe once a week had had passed away within five weeks of of being diagnosed with cancer. And he had uh, it, which kind of cancer it was? Uh, he was in his, his appendix, appendix, right? Appendix. But uh, yeah, he got diagnosed, and then five weeks later, it was like the last trip me and Laura were on there. We saw saw him for his birthday party. He shaved up like a total goofball too. Like he usually had this big old beard, but then he kind of shaved himself into a huge hockey head from like 1978. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it was hilarious, and uh, we all just had this huge jam. And then he said he had to go into surgery that Friday, and he died this last uh, this. About a week ago. Jesus, that yeah. quick, man. Yeah. Like, so he had been diagnosed already the last time that you saw him. Uh, I think so, yeah. Man, just came up that aggressive. Was yeah. it pancreatic or? I'm, I'm not sure. Man. But he did leave behind uh, a huge legacy of family and friends who all come together to play music because, like I said, I jammed with him once a week and he would jam everywhere. And, like, he, he would jam with everybody. He usually had an acoustic guitar. And you know, you know John Bushner. Yeah, yeah. Him and B- Tommy played together constantly, and this guy Mark Jordan back in Chicago, and uh, Chris Chicken Wing, Chicken Wing, change his name to Kicking Ass, man. <laughs> but uh, Chris Chicken Wing, he played with him a lot, and uh, I got to play with him a whole lot too. And those you know like, a guy named Chris Chicken Wing? Yeah, 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 I do. Is he an old blues man? Mm, no, he's more of a singer songwriter guy. Oh. Yeah, but anyway. Um, 
that's that was like the crew of people I'd be jamming with in Chicago. And since that happened, since he since he had passed, I see all those guys coming together. Like we are, we're you know they already were a tight knit group, but then there's this huge outside area of people who are coming in stronger. Tommy had a big effect on a lot of people, and it was wasn't just our small group. You know, like you see our small group and how tight it was. And I'm realizing over the week that Tommy had that strong of a group everywhere. Right. You know, pretty pretty impactful guy. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Wow, I, I'm sorry that like you had to go home and pretty much because pretty much all you did was work and deal with deal with death most of the time that you were back home, huh? Yeah. I mean, you got to hang out and visit and stuff like that, but it wasn't like it wasn't like an all good times type of trip back home. No, it was a lot of uh, celebrating of life, you know. Yeah. A lot of people try, remembering people in uh, in a very good light and. Appreciating the people who were around, right? Yeah. And Laura's grandma was ninety five. Ninety five. And from what I saw, I, I saw uh, Bob, Laura's dad, uh, posted something about that. It was just a great, super fun celebration of life. She really would have liked it. It very much was so. That's cool, very, man. Very much. Yeah. So yeah, that was a trip to Chicago, and then uh, and then right after we get back here, I mean, and those people were real close to me, and uh, the next guy who I found out had passed away as soon as I moved back or moved back as soon as I got back to Denver uh, Denver Joe had passed yeah and he I wasn't like close with the guy I was as close as anybody else kind of is I guess but he he was the first guy when I got when I moved here to Denver Mach 1 and uh we went to Bender's. We, yeah, he, yeah. He was playing there, and I was just jaw dropped. I was just, I love the guy, you know. And he got he that that was one of the reasons that got me to play country more, right? In my, in my guitar playing because I saw Uncle Dick playing, and I was like, that's insane. Uncle Dick. You know? Uncle Dick was his pedal steel player. Yeah, and he would let me go up there and and play with him, you know. Like I'd be able to sit in and play and play Uncle Dick's guitar or something. Like that. See, I was, I was one of the first people outside of you guys when I moved to Denver that I was on stage playing with somebody else. See, and I was trying to remember that. I was trying to remember. Because I knew that there was something related to Denver Joe, and I couldn't remember if it was the first time you came out here to visit, like when you guys came on tour, no. or if it was right when you moved here. But right when you moved here, the day you got here, we went to Bender's, and Denver Joe was playing. There was probably 20 people in the whole bar, and... Uh, and I think, like, you know, we, of course, were used to him, but he said something like, like, you don't like Johnny Cash, you can get the fuck out and take your goddamn boyfriend with you. And, like, said something like he that. Did. He, he did. Like, he did. I fucking love this guy. He did, but he said that about Willie Nelson. Oh, that's he, right. He said, he, said, he said, this next one's a Willie Nelson song. If you don't like Willie Nelson, get the fuck out of here and bring your faggot boyfriend with you. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I remember that. Now, Joe was cool, man. Uh, and, and that's the thing is, like, I've seen a a lot of people, like I've seen this like outpour of sadness on social media. When I found out about Joe, I was like, "Right on, man! What a like good wrap up to like just this the like, legend, the uh, legend, dude. He was just he was like such a character, like definitely born way past his his time. You know what I mean? He should have been some some troubadour of the old west, you know? He always reminded <laughs> me of Johnny Paycheck a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just such a cool guy. And and what a what a hot band. Oh yeah, oh, his man. band was so good. What was uh, what's Uncle Dick's wife's name? Aunt Lois. Lois, yeah. Yeah. She played the bass and yeah. sang. 
She was the bass player, and, and seeing those two, like, Joe would leave to go get a drink or go have a smoke or something like and that. And the music would get insanely good. And, oh, yeah, the music <laughs> would get, like, the music would get very sweet yeah. and very tight and yeah. very pro, and then Joe would get back on stage. Strum the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, enough, enough. And, and Joe would just be uh, just, like... Kind of talking shit back yeah. and forth. You with guys Dick. are great. Oh, bless your black little heart. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So, yeah. Uh, big shout out to all the people that we lost in in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, Denver Joe, uh, your grandmother-in-law. What was what was your grandmother-in-law's name? Wanda. Wanda. Yeah, and Wanda, rest in peace. And and oh, man, fucking. Tommy Tuesday, and then uh, Allison and and John, or Allison's dad. Man, crazy, crazy. Well, I'm glad you're back. I can can tell that uh, your heart is a little... A little heavy, but yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's rough, but it's it's what happens in life. You it's know, part of life. Yeah, it's, so it's, I come back, and just get right back to work. Yeah, and then one of Fat Body's little beam clamps just came down and landed right on my eyebrow. Yeah, you got a little boo boo on your face, <laughs> yeah, man. Be open, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a I had a realization last night, kind of, kind of on a a uh, similarly bittersweet, you know, semi. Um, Maybe somber, stoic note. I was closing the bar last night, and uh, a social distortion song came on. Um, oh God, which one? Uh, uh, Story of my life. Uh, or no, Ball and Chain came on, right? Both of those are are big singalongs. My family somehow. Oh yeah, well, yeah. but but it came on. And uh, it gets to the part where it goes, born to lose, destined to fail. And I had this epiphany of hearing, because the the first, like, of course, I had heard bad luck on the radio and stuff like that. But I really wasn't a Social Distortion fan uh, very early on. The first Social Distortion distortion album I heard was the Live at the Roxy one. Yeah, me too. So my brother introduced me to that one. We used to listen to that and Dropkick Murphy's Do or Die and a handful of other, you know, punk rock albums just on repeat. But I heard that line and I had this immediate uh, recognition of this belief system that I had uh, sort of romanticized as a young man. That whole heart sick, born to lose, destined to fail. Yeah. You know, ah, you know, down on my luck, everything's hard, and just romanticizing being a piece of shit, basically. And I think a lot of people do that. And that's a big thing. And we've talked about this, like, me and your brother have a lot in common, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what me and your brother have in common is this, like, this identity of the sad troubadour, the lonesome <laughs> cowboy on the trail with a broken heart who, who just wanders the plains by himself. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what would that make me? I don't know. Doc Holliday? Well, it, I mean, I know, I know a lot about your belief systems, like kind of your, your below-the-surface stuff that kind of drives your behavior. Because Okay. Uh-huh. Identity drives behavior, okay, uh-huh. and behavior drives our emotional states. It drives our our uh, our experience of the world, right? So, if you've got a belief in your head 
that is something like born to lose, destined to fail, then your behavior is all going to be congruent with that. Your behavior is all going to be like doing dumb shit and being a drunk and getting into relationships with with people who probably aren't going to be necessarily trustworthy or healthy for you. You know, this was the realization mm. I came to. Okay. Is like that popped into my head and I remember being a young man and like romanticizing that shit. Romanticizing this idea of being like a sad sack of shit. And then began to think about the ways that that belief system had begun to show up in my experience of life. And so I started thinking about a new belief system that might be a bit more uh, sustainable, might be a little healthier, might actually help me get some things. And so I, I started working on this song, and it is lyrically so cheesy, but I think if we make it like fun... You know, and, and kind of corn it up deliberately. Yeah. But it was like, it was like born to rock, destined to wail or something oh, like that. Man. You know, dude, it's so bad. I'll I wrote. Out of here. <laughs> it's so. Okay. I wrote, oh, I, I wrote I, a I bunch of stuff down. Out. That was so bad. Let's see. I wrote <laughs> born to rock, destined to wail. And you know, we just can't fail. Another hero's journey on a hero's tale. Born to rock. Destined to wail, and then you could rhyme with destined to win, destined to jam, destined to roll, destined to rip. Wow. And then I've got another note that's unrelated, but it just says the ABCs of bitches needs. Because I work at a I work at a brunch place, and anytime we've got like a group of like drunk girls that come into the bar, it's like it's like man. The ABCs of what chicks love, man. They love alcohol. They love brunch. They love cocaine. And, you know, you could probably go on and on. Yeah. D, obviously. Yeah. D, obviously. Yeah, because even if they're, even if they're, they're not straight, like even if they're gay gals, like it's D for dicks or D for dildos. Oh. Yeah. I guess. I suppose. You, you, you have this all figured out, don't you? No, I don't you're, have it all figured out. The, the, it's mostly just a work joke that <laughs> that it's not thought out. Please don't send any letters. The, the, I'm the just, born to lose, destined to fail thing you're talking about, Like you, you have this much deeper thought on, on those. You don't really much. think about what you believe in the world you too much, do you? want to know what that meant to be? What? Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And how to play that. Oh, just like just the, the, melody. the melody and the chords and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, it, That's it. You don't really uh, give a lot of thought to to who you are and what you believe about the world, do you? Do I need to? No, you don't need to. Oh. You don't need to. Well, then I'm right I probably think about it way too much, mm. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, anything funny that happened while you were gone, but... Aside from the videos that I showed you today off of, of drunk people doing things from, from Remember, Instagram. Aside from the few memes you showed me yeah, at dude, Santiago's. It wasn't a very funny week, Tony. Yeah, it wasn't a very funny week. Yeah, no. Not a lot of funny stuff going. But it's important to have these, like, one thing that's really important about death is it gives the living this opportunity to kind of reflect and meditate on the shortness of their own life. You know, and okay. how old was how old was Denver Joe? Do you know? I don't know. I think he was probably in his sixties, maybe in his fifties, fifties or sixties. Be my guess. I be mean, a, it'd be a hard worn fifties. 
Dude, he he lived pretty hard. Like, no. That's the other thing is when people were like, Denver Joe died. I'm like, you don't say. I'm surprised that he was still alive, he, you know? He, I know he wasn't nearly as popular, and I know a lot of people won't think he's nearly as cool, but he kind of, to me, seemed like the Lemmy of Denver, but for country. Yeah. Where, like, you'd see him wearing shorts and riding a bicycle because it was hot outside, and that's just how he got around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, when he's on stage, he's just this badass that doesn't give a fuck, and he's, he's just living on his own terms and drinking whiskey and Coke all the damn time, you know? It's just like... See... The identity of Denver Joe. Like, he definitely chose a persona. You know, he definitely chose this identity, unconsciously or consciously. I don't know. It might have seemed like it was just kind of him. I think that what our identity, our persona that we present to the world is, is constructed of little tiny decisions, unconscious and conscious, throughout our entire life. So I don't think he woke up one day and decided, I'm going to be Denver Joe, and I'm going to be a country guy, and I'm going to have a mustache and long hair, and I'm going to sing Johnny Cash songs and, and hang out in bars and da-da-da-da-da. I don't think he decided that one day. No. I don't think he was, like, just a completely blank, plain person. I think, I and think then it, went, just, it appealed to him. That, well, I, th- I think that he became that gradually over time. And so a lot of things associated with that identity of the, the sad troubadour, the, the lonesome cowboy, the hard-living outlaw, that whole identity, you know, ultimately, uh, it led him to be loved by many. It led him to definitely make an impression. It definitely led him to be a a novel character, especially in Denver. But I think it also um, aided and abetted his... Uh, the habits which would ultimately lead to the, lead to the decline of his health. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. And it, it's interesting how all these way, things kind of go either, hand either in way, hand. Either he way, was, he, was, he was a pretty badass legend. Yeah, Denver Joe was great, man. I wish he— Maybe, maybe it's better I didn't really know him that well. I really he, wish he had kept he'll be playing. Awesome he'll be awesome in my brain forever. Yeah. You know? And for a lot of people, too, I think. I haven't seen—I probably haven't seen Joe play since those days when you, like, have, first moved out. Since since Bender closed, I think. That's, like, 2010, 2009. Really? Oh, yeah. Because I saw a picture—oh, I, I watched a video of us recently, and it's you, me, Tay, Jerry, Logan, and Ty doing an interview in the backyard. Is that—oh, oh, in the backyard. In the backyard. I thought and, it was going to be the MTV thing we shot at Bender's. <laughs> Oh, no, not that thing. The audition, when we auditioned to be on MTV's Real World, when they're like, we want to get a band that's going to teach this gal how to be a rock star. What was that show called? Oh, I I can't remember, but I do remember it was like... It was like role models, or I can't remember what it was called, but... We did not get picked, obviously. No. They were looking for someone that was like... Plus, Luke was porn at like 10 a.m. Oh, so we were drunk, drunk, drunk. I don't drunk. Know if it was Luke or Jen that was there. We were drunk, regardless. Yes. Um, and like blocks away from the house. Oh, yeah. And man, that was... It was it, the audition was fun, but they were looking for tight leather pants and guy liner and a, and a padlock on a chain around the neck and, yeah. you know, someone with a name <laughs> not, like... Not the flip-flops and the cut-off shorts. No, they weren't looking for that. Like, we did not look like... The, the musicians that they were looking for at all, nope. at all. But that was a fun place. So I was watching that video, and you look like you're 14, by the way. 
Um, but at the end of it, this was something that was really interesting. At the end of it, uh, it goes right into a performance of Balls of Steel, the premiere performance of Balls of Steel at the Larimer Lounge. Like, on stage, I make an announcement, I go, this is a brand new one, we've never played this for anybody. And That was the same night I I had to run out immediately after the show and uh, go to Chicago for Christmas. Oh, did you really? Because it was, like, December. It was, like, right after I got out here, I think. Really? I'll I'll have to watch it again. But it says, like... In this video, you can see when we played it for the first time. And this is back when we used to rehearse like three times a week. And I got to tell you, dude, we sound so good. (laughs) Back in like 10 years ago when we fucking unleashed that song, the band is super tight. The vocals, like I was like, my voice used to be able to do that, huh? (laughs) Wow. I definitely don't sing like that anymore. Three times a week? I thought it was only twice. Oh no! We used to get together every Sunday, Thursday, and Monday, and one one other day a week. We used to get together two to three times a week, and we were tight, tight. And we used to rehearse the click track and stuff like that. Now we're just doing the 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 like. Some guys have car clubs. We've got we got our little band, you know. Yeah, we got a band. We get together on Monday nights and we jam and you know we play our little songs and we'll go down to Lenny's bar on the weekends and play for our friends and you know we usually I mean they pay us technically but it all goes to the bar tab. Yeah, sounds sweet. Just fat old half assing fucking losers, man. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's another identity right there, man. Another identity statement. It's just like, I'm a fat old loser now. Hmm. Yeah. How about Superman? I'm Superman. All right. <laughs> I'm great. Uh, Maybe we should uh, get on to some news. Stuff. Yeah, we should get on to some get on. Let's get on some news right now. Welcome to the news section. Uh, well, of course, we got some shows coming up we very do. soon here. Um, we are playing. In fact, May 11th at the Oriental Theater. We're going to be. Play. We're going to be playing um, the Punk is Dad uh, three benefit. It's going to be us, the Velveteers, uh, Ned Garth Explosion, which I didn't realize this. You know, the song that's from the Mutiny Bumper. That's at the beginning of every episode yeah. of this podcast. That's Ned Garth. That's okay. the guy that we're playing with uh, this weekend. And Plastic, or not this weekend, but May 11th at the Oriental Theater. Um, and Plastic Daggers are going to be on that show as well. Um, all the proceeds from that show, or at least a portion of the proceeds, a bunch of money is going to the Dorian DeLong um Music and Arts Scholarship, which is a scholarship uh, designed to help kids who want to make cool stuff go to school. So that's coming up. Um, there is a change of venue coming up on our Glenwood Springs show. Stay tuned for that. It looks like we've moved it over to um, Native Sun. Yeah. Yeah, Native Son. It, it, we'll have to check the record. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was uh, it was formerly Loyal Brothers up in Glenwood Springs. It's reopened as Native Son. Uh, we've moved the show over there because Big Daddy's is closing down. Um, of course, we've got Parlay coming up in July. We've got In the Whale at uh, the Mesa Theater coming Junction. up in July. Uh, that's July 20th at the Mesa Theater within the Well. Uh, in the Whale. 
We got in the uh, whale. July in the whale. Uh, July twenty first is the Mile High Parlay, which is just outside of um, Mutiny Information Cafe. On uh, that's on, gonna be a real fun party on Ellsworth. There, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. On Ellsworth, Ellsworth and Broadway. Yeah, um, we're playing with Dio Disciples in August and. Uh, it's looking like we're going to do a bang-bang that day and do an early slot up in um, uh, a festival up there in Fort Collins. So stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing that really soon. Hermans. And then so we would go to Fort Collins, play early, then drive down to Herman's to be there and load in. We'll see. We'll see if we can make the timetables work. We're really, really trying. We haven't been to Fort Collins in a while. Um, big piece of news. I'm really bummed about this, and I'm not going to name any names. I didn't do shit. No, no, no. You didn't. <laughs> I wasn't going to say you did anything. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, the tour that we were very, very excited about announcing for Germany coming up in the fall, um, we were 99% sure that that one was going to happen. And at the very last minute, it, well, not at the very last minute, very last minute would have been like the week before we flew out. But um, that would have sucked worse. The, the, the band that we were going to go on tour with actually decided against us, um, which is understandable. Um, they said we suck. They, well, they didn't say we suck. They said that we quote don't have a relevant fan base. And I just have to say that all six of our listeners on this podcast are are insulted to yeah, be man. considered irrelevant. Yeah, for real. Yeah. They're nobody. Give it out of here, man. Yeah. So, but um, your British ass. But there will be there will be a tour to Europe this year in 2018. We are working on that right now. Um, our our manager out in out in Germany is working on it. It's just not going to be the tour that we thought. Again, I'm not going to say the name of the band that we were supposed to go on tour with because I don't want to screw the pooch in case they change their mind someday. But uh, but of course, we probably made the mistake of even hinting at it before our name was on the poster. I think you made the mistake of getting your hopes way too high. Hey, man, the way it was being talked about, it sounded like a sure thing. When I heard about it, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. I hope that goes through. So when the news broke down, you know— you were devastated, just like, you can't believe it's not going to happen. I said, well, man, it's better luck next time. I wouldn't work. say I was devastated. I was, yeah, you're right. I was, dis- I was a disappointed. Str- that's a strong word. I was disappointed, and I was kind of having a shitty weekend already, and then woke up one morning to see that news, and that was really disappointing. At the same time, I think that uh, a lot of the people who listen to our podcast, um, so two or three of the six people who listen to our podcast. Um, I think that, I think that it's important to give a complete, um, a complete sample of what it's like to be in a small, low level in independent rock band, you know, that things like this, it's, it's not all polished up. Like you see with the, the big bands with their marketing firms and their PR people who Mr. make it big with the ponytail wearing, but they had the big cigar wearing the tie in the suit, you know, he handed me a contract yeah. and stuck his hand out. Yeah. It's a handshake deal. Yeah. It's a handshake deal. You know, and sometimes, uh, 
Sometimes you fall on your face. Sometimes people say no. I don't think it's a loss at all, man. We're still going out there in the fall. Dude. It's just not on the tour with, uh, well, oh, I almost let us slip. Dude, and, and, he, and here's the other thing, too, is we Those reached people. really high. Like, this tour would have been the biggest thing we'd ever done. The only yeah. thing that would have been bigger, okay, so we played with Steel Panther, right? And that was like 3,000 people. And we did that twice. If we had gone on a tour with Steel Panther and played for that many people every night, that would have eclipsed this by by a long shot. But yeah. this, as far as a tour goes, this would have been the biggest thing that we had done so far. And uh, And the fact that that even appeared as a possibility to me is very encouraging. Yeah. It shows that like... You know, it's like, hey, you guys are getting to a level now where people are going to start saying no to you instead of just ignoring your emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to start getting no's. Yeah. Like, you've got a manager who's going to be sitting down in meetings with people where they say, no, these guys have no relevant fan base. What's wrong with you? Yeah. But, but I, I, have to, I have to give it to our people over there. Go like and subscribe and do whatever it is that the... Uh Internet stuff is because that's what we need to go on that tour. Because we think we have a, a, a highly relevant fan base. Yeah, everybody who's involved with us in any way, super appreciative, right? Yeah, They're our people best. are cool as shit. Yeah, and like, I don't know, we take an awful lot of pictures with people, giving hugs and give a lot of piggyback rides and high fives. And you gave a piggyback ride. I did give a piggyback ride. Or no, I. Well, gotta, I, a guy gotta, gave me a piggyback that's ride right, that's right. at uh, at the Fillmore. You know, I mean, the, the the people that that do support our band and follow us, we think we think you guys are more than relevant. We think you guys are yeah. imperative. You know, absolutely uh, essential. Um, so so help us out. Tell your friends to to follow us, like us on whatever their chosen platform is. I think the big one we're going to work on building is YouTube. That was another thing, too, is after the meeting, it wasn't like, oh, we failed. How sad. Let's just give up. It's like, okay, we don't have the numbers online. So what's the number that we need to hit, and what's our strategy for hitting that number? You know what I mean? It became this thing where it's like, all right, our next project is figuring out how we can shore that stuff up. So, even though it was disappointing, it's it's disappointing in the most encouraging, motivating way. I thought way. so too. At least somebody gave us like, like when when you're starting out in band and you have no idea what you're supposed to be chasing after, you just create music and book shows. Mm-hmm. And now we have somebody saying, "Hey, they said no because of this reason." So now we can have a reason to shoot for like something specific to improve on, right? You know, instead of just being like. It's, I don't know, make more videos or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like sitting at home shirt. and like like sending an email to someone where they just go, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> Delete. It's like, how did this person get my email? Ugh, <laughs> spam filter. You know, like yeah. like like when I used to when I used to work at um, when I used to work at Three Kings. It, it was it was a novel experience because I was working I was working in the office. And I was shows. doing that guy's job. Yeah. And you were the booker. I actually got told, yeah, the booker shit. Yeah. I actually got told that um, I was replying to too many emails. It's just like, if you're not going to book someone, don't say anything. It's like, it's like, it's like, because then you end up in a whole discussion and it just eats up your time. Only reply to emails of people that you intend to work with. Anybody else, just delete it and move on. 
Just be like that's it'll work itself yeah. out. Makes a lot of sense, you know. And 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 I was doing it from the mindset of an independent you, yeah. musician. And my boss at the time actually sat me down, and I'll never forget this. He said, "You're not in the van." You're in the office, <laughs> like and and I thought really long and hard of that, and I was like, I think I belong in the van, you know. I and you that do. I don't belong in the office, man. No, don't I don't belong. I don't like. We're in an office right now, though. Right, but we're not in an office on a computer trying to fill calendar, you know, space at a venue. And and I no, see I the hope coming from these bands that they're like, hey, we're coming through your town and we really want to play your club. It seems really How cool. How carefully worded that letter is. I know. And then I just go delete. Yeah, you know what I mean? It sucks. It sucks. But it's it's a very you know when I did reply to people and say no. They would be like, what if we did this? What if we did that? Oh, can we do this? da 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 Is this state open? Is this state open? Is this state open? And you can't just go, I'm not going to book you because your band, like, even when I told people their band wasn't a fit for the club, because they weren't. Yeah. You know, not every band is a fit for, for, for a place like Three Kings, right? You would, get, you would get people that were like, well, what is that supposed to mean? What do you mean I'm not a fit? Or they would think, I'm an asshole. Like there's people in this in this city right now who think I'm an asshole because I turned their band down and I'm thinking of all the promoters here in Denver and across the world that I've ever thought were just assholes because they didn't reply to my emails. Yeah. And well. now we've arrived at this level of success where somebody somebody famous heard our music and said, "Nah, that's a uh, it's not you're for giving me. It, you're giving it a lot of credit. You think he actually listened to our music? I think he did. I think. Do you think he just I, looked at the no, numbers and went? I don't think even that happened. I, I I think somebody probably talked to him and was like, "Hey, we got this band from America. They're uh, they got they got a bid in for whatever you know, and uh, he they'll just, do it for free." And he he just no he went no I already got someone. I th- 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 it is really hard to swallow like this idea of like like I don't think we've got this great band. They're they're an amazing live act, and this is what Thorson told me. He's like he's like, we told them, me and this guy's agent, told them they were like, we're it, so like someone on our team and someone on this other band's team was like, you should take this band. They're a great live act. We're we're trying to build them up. They're going to be very entertaining. They're going to do it for free. They're going to have their own transportation. They're going to have their own gear. They're going to travel all the way over here. It won't cost you anything. You won't even need to share a bus with them. And he went, nah. That's what I'm saying. He said, <laughs> no, I already got this guy. Yeah, I, I, I got a guy. Yeah. I'm going to... I got another guy. So, yeah. So, uh, even at our uh, level of superstardom. Superstar. Disappointment uh, still creeps in now and then. So, I I think that's really all the news for right now. Um, You know, we've been announcing the shows every week. Of course, we keep our calendars very well updated. Uh, Just go to mfruckus.com. All the shows are going to be listed there for anything that I got wrong. Oh, also, another bit of news. It is motherfucking Monday. Uh, Well, this will be released Tuesday, but today when we're recording this, it is motherfucking Monday. So there is a new video on YouTube. Make sure to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mfruckustv. Which one is it this week? This one, uh, this week, we did a David Allen Coe cover. 
Suicide. Suicide by David Allen Coe, which is off the Human Emotions album. He's got human emotions? Yeah. No, that's why enough that he felt the need. That almost sounds made up, doesn't it? It almost sounds like an alien, like, yeah. trying to, <laughs> oh, I am experiencing uh, human emotions. <laughs> Sadness? Yes, sadness. Yes, what you perceive as sadness. Yes. I am experiencing sensations in my body. Perhaps these are human emotions. emotions. Nope, just gas. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, side A of the record is called The Happy Side, which is what all the happy songs are on. And side B is called The Suicide, which is what all the sad songs are on. And... uh, the, the the song we did is Suicide by David Allen Coe. Logan, Logan picked it. Logan it pick. It's a pretty fun one. So yeah, that's uh, we just dropped that video today, and uh, make sure to check that out on our YouTube channel. I think I that's going to do it for the news for right now. So we're going to do something off the Live Like a Motherfucker Volume 2 7-inch, which is a super rare 7-inch, not only because it was a limited print, but because we only sold about half of them, and then the rest of the records disappeared. If you guys have this one, it's the one that came with like the special uh, MF Ruckus stencil that you could use. So That's they, right. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We had I our remember. own stencils made and stuff like that. And we put them in, inside each copy. Yeah, we did. Um, I, I would love to have one of those right now. My parents have one. I don't yeah. have one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but did I tell you I think I figured out why those records disappeared? No. So I think what happened was we had them at um, at the house in Bear Valley. We had them at the old, uh, yeah. the old Bear Valley house. And I think that because I think we left them behind when we moved out. Are they and in the trunk of that Lincoln you never, you never got rid of? No, not in the Lincoln. I think the landlord threw them away. Oh, really? Yeah. Good for him. I, I think the landlord was pissed at us because we uh, left everything. Yeah, because we destroyed his house and um, clogged his hot tub filter with jizz and pubic hair. And uh, I think, yeah, I. I think he might have thrown it, our stuff away. Okay, so this is off. Uh, now, a lot of the stuff from the Live Like a Motherfucker Volume 2 is um, their, their uh, outtakes from the Dirty Half Dozen, basically. They're songs that didn't end up going on the Dirty Half Dozen. So uh, we have two of these. They are available for free download two, on our website. There's, there's two... Copies available? No, there's two songs oh, off yeah. the off on our website that are available for free download on our website, mfruckus.com slash downloads. Um, this song is about jerking off. Spank Bank off the Live Like a Motherfucker album. Live Like a Motherfucker Volume 2. All right, here we go. This is how you run a podcast. Can you hear? Yeah. So if you don't know what a spank bank is, find an adult and have him explain it to you. 
So the whole like the whole premise of the song is like is like man when we were 16 we boned and I think about it all the time. And it's like 10 years later it's like oh man remember that chick In a lonely situation. Yeah. I start feeling lonely, man. Looking for love down at the old bus station. So, wait. Does that mean that, like, I'm jerking off at the bus station? Like, at the bus station, just, like, closing my eyes and going, ah! You wrote this one. Yeah, I know. I'd have to ask 26-year-old Aaron what he thought. He went. Ah. Hey, Mike. Just last month, I was out on the hunt for a little strange. Tang. <laughs> little strange tang. But what I found. Oh, yeah. Dude, we were obsessed with, like, rotund women in these days. This is a song you guys came up with before I even moved out here. You're like, well, not me, bro. <laughs> not me, bro. No. But this Shit. song was definitely all written out. What? Oh, dude, that's my favorite line. She had a baritone voice deeper than Johnny Cash, and yeah. then you can hear Jerry yeah, in the like, background go, Deeper than Johnny, Johnny Cash. Yeah. This is a good song. It's a fun one. Yeah. Spank, bang, baby. When I go out hogging or dipping in the skank tank. All right, now this is like if we meet again and the years have not been kind. I'll just close my eyes and think back to when you were looking oh so fine. So basically it's like you bone this girl in high school and then you grow up and this is supposed to be like 10 years later, right? So 26 and it's like, ugh, this girl was hot when she was 16, but now that she's 26, she's an old unfuckable hag. Gross. That's what you were thinking? That's what the character in the song was thinking. It was supposed to be funny. Oh, nice little harmony there, Tony. <laughs> this is the closest thing we ever wrote to a love song. <laughs> Yeah, very cool Tay riff. I remember where I was when I wrote the lyrics. I was working at Fat Jack's. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was yeah, slow. How many of us worked there? Uh, you, me, and Ty, all three worked there. Ooh, nice stops, huh? We're tight. Oh, and then the outro. I can tell that's the Herman's Hideaway show because I just said all right a bunch because I was really high on coke. 
It was like really high in coke. So if you listen to any of the songs recorded at that show, like over and over again, I'm like, all right, yeah, well, all right. Because I was like too high and in my head and I couldn't think of anything clever or funny to say on stage. Because so a lot of finger pointing. And oh, standing. yeah, because it was really my inner monologue just going, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Man, I should really stop doing drugs. What a sad, empty existence I lead. All right. Man. Yeah, it was a lot of that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Spank Bank off the uh, Live Like a Motherfucker Volume 2 album. Uh, you can get that and big plans off of our website in the download section at mfruckus.com slash downloads. Uh, hey, let's do, um, let's do one for the homies. My pick. Well, last week was, or last time, episode 13 was, was uh, Skibiki's pick. That's right. Because he was in town. And I don't remember who it was before that. So let's say it's your pick. Or should we, since we're promoting the show at the Oriental, should we give a shout out to one of the, the bands that we're playing with? So we've, we've actually featured on our Facebook page, Ned Garth. We've featured the Velveteers. Um, or we're, we're going to be featuring Ned Garth this Friday. Here's a song by Plastic Daggers. These guys are really cool. Check them out. Wait, if we're on video, does that mean we're going to flip to a video of them? No.
Wow. That was a really great song by Plastic Daggers. We're really looking forward to playing with those guys and that Garth Explosion and the Velveteers um, this weekend. Make sure to get your tickets directly from the Oriental Theater's website at uh, theorientaltheater.com. Um, how are we looking on time? Oh, we're getting close to it. We're getting close to it. Well, I think this was a fun experiment. It was. It was fun. It does get a little hot in here. I'd like to get out of here. Yeah. Are you getting claustrophobic? No, I'm warm. Are, are you tired of smelling my breath? No, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I think this was a good episode. Yeah, let's good wrap ep- it up here. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And, uh, and be sure to... Tell just tell one friend about this, about our fun little show. Even if they're they have no idea who the band is, tell them, everybody who's listening right now. Just go out and pay one of your friends a dollar. Just listen quarters. to it. Just listen to it. Fuck I'll give to you it. a dollar. Fuck that. Just put the like button or whatever they need on there. You know. Oh, just give them yeah, a dollar. Just, just, just give them a dollar to do that. Like everyone, everybody who's supporting us really well. Like, how can I help? And I don't want to donate on the internet, and I can never see their show because they live a million miles away. Mm-hmm. Just go pay somebody a dollar to go like our bullshit. That's a really good idea. Yeah, we could double our listenership in like an afternoon Maybe. with like six dollars. Yeah. Maybe. Like that's, we, that's up to you guys. We though. wouldn't even we, have to. We wouldn't even have to break a ten, man. Yeah. Uh, hey, big shout out to Evergroove Studio. Big shout out to Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Big shout out to Nug Nation. Oh, big shout out to the Nug Nation and Ink Monster. Big shout out to all our uh, subscribers on Patreon.com. Uh, the people who are helping us make the front lines of good times. Serial. Uh, Serialized concept album and graphic novel series. I forgot what the fuck we were doing for a minute. I'm like, what are we working on? Um, <laughs> chapter two is scheduled for release this summer. So make sure to get on the ground floor because yeah. uh, you'll get you'll get the stuff like eight whole weeks early. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who else? Who else do we need to give a shout out to? Oh, Matula. Rodeo Star Records, of course, our number one uh, sponsor, Matula Plumbing in Des Plaines, Illinois. Matula! Matula! Oh, by the way, I've had two people comment on my Matula plumbing shirt. One yeah. guy was like, "One guy was like, is that a real company?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, Matula plumbing. Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom." And like, <laughs> and by the way, Jerry, I, if you're listening to this, that is the catchphrase I made up for you. I really think you should put it on business cards. I think pe- no one will forget. Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Um, he, he made a shirt for Shrek. Have you seen that one? Uh-uh. He's got, he's got a work shirt that says Matula right here, and it's got Shrek's name on right here. On the back is the big Matula plumbing company, and it just says, your shit is our bread and butter. That's way better. Okay. <laughs> That's way better. Um, oh, and then uh, Jordan from Proper Barber uh, over yeah. on Tennyson, oh, yeah. he came into the Monkey Barrel the other night, and he saw I was wearing the shirt, and he's from Chicago. Sorry. So uh, he's from Chicago. So he goes, Aaron, are you from the suburbs of Chicago, and I go, no, but my buddy Jerry Matula owns this company, Matula Plumbing, in Des Plaines. He's like, oh, okay, I, re- I recognize the prefix. So, Jerry, I'm just saying, we are getting uh, we're getting a lot of potential mm. customers. The word is on the street. Um, so, you know, if you're ever looking to pick up some business out in Denver, you know, you might might have a yeah. couple. I, I always get people going, is it, what the fuck shirt is that? I go, it's Matula Plumbing. They go, oh, 
<laughs> you're wearing a shirt for a plumbing company? Fuck yeah, we're in a shirt for a plumbing company. Yeah, man, what's wrong with you? Uh, are we forgetting any of our uh, we're, super big yeah, we're ultimate forgetting, we're forgetting sponsors? We're forgetting everything. Oh! Uh, this is hosted by Mutiny Transmissions, See, Mutiny Information Cafe, Records. That's what happens when Coffee. we don't have a notebook. Yeah, I know. We didn't bring the notebook this week. We'll have the notebook next week. Mm. So this is uh, this is our first episode that we're not doing on GarageBand Mobile. We're actually doing it on proper microphones, in a sound booth, at a studio, on a camera. We don't know how this is going to turn out, but no. we're really hoping that it turns out good. Worst comes to it. We're just doing the audio of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might get cut up. Yeah, it might get cut Maybe. up. Maybe. Probably not. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, make sure to uh, rate, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us give us a rating, even if you give us a Pay one Pay somebody rating. a dollar. Yeah, just to review it. Um, yeah, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If if this is a video, we don't know if it's a video or not. Video. So uh, take care. I'm Bye-bye now. Bye. Mutiny Transmissions is a media service that provides podcasts, video, and live shows recorded inside and outside of Mutiny Information Cafe located at 2 South Broadway in Denver, Colorado. Oh, you got blood on your pants? Mm-hmm. That's how you know you've become a young lady, Tony. <laughs>